0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show with today's guest, Brian Wixon, founder of Ioncel. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is a podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. We're back with another stretch episode talking about tokenization of real estate. Keeping with the tech theme, I edited today's podcast with Clean Voice AI. So please let me know if you find any problems with the audio. I'd like to take this time to ask you, If you gain value from this program, please consider supporting us in any way you see fit. Things like sharing our show on that's a mouthful. Sharing our sharing our show on social, texting it to a friend, or writing a review in iTunes, or going into the show notes and supporting us with a donation. All those things are wonderful. I thank you for considering, and I really hope that you listen to today's episode and maybe start thinking differently about the future of real estate investing and how you'd like to be part of that today's show is brought to you by central commercial carpenters and supporters of our conversations enjoy the show hey brian welcome to mass construction show thank you so we are back back for another banger what's that from well, I don't know. Uh, there's some shell that says back for another banger or something. I forget. But we're back. Last go around, we talked about <clears throat> the digitization of assets. Assets and in particular, heavy equipment. Correct. And today
1: we're going to focus on real estate. The, your favorite. Yes, you've been. Yeah. yeah we'll I, bridge that gap.
0: Yep. I want to talk about real estate. You want to talk about real estate. But just to jog people's memory, you know, we were chatting about equipment and fractionalizing it and what contractors could be doing with a way of going to rental versus purchasing it and all that kind of stuff. So if you didn't hear that one, go ahead and back up, look at Brian Wixon. And I think I had, I should have looked at this ahead of time, but I think I said, you know, something about disruption to the equipment market and construction. Right. So go ahead back and listen to that one. I think
1: it'd be disruption, period, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and like I hate to I
1: hate to use the word disruption because it gets so overused, but right. it is legitimately oh, no. disrupting. Disrupting. So how many? So I know you know some some high level CEO CFO of real estate companies. How many of them actually even talk or mention anything about this type of tech? None that I know of. That's fucking mind blowing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, it's just not.
1: I'll tell it, you about it, my first real estate experience at a later date because it's still in litigation, but uh. Yeah, if had it been done this way, we would have never have had these problems. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, and that's talking to so people who that's are a like curve for me,
0: you know, that's talking to people that are far from Luddites and like these are tech savvy folks and you know really understand you know data capture and all that kind of stuff. But I haven't seen anybody talking about this. Not that I talk to more people in the GC world than the develop world, but right. there's still you know there's three or four folks that are. You Know in that development world, and you know, I
1: don't hear him talk about that stuff. Mm. Uh, so, I hadn't the last I left for Europe, I think, after we had our last go around, yes. And then I've had a few blockchain meetings in between, then that would get pretty interesting mm. too, with yeah. some pretty heavy hitters around the world and the panelists. So,
0: yeah, it'd be if it informs your uh, our conversation today, let, let's yeah. hopefully, hopefully it will we're going to try and do what we did last time which is uh put things as much as possible into layman's terms right and simplify things i need things simplified so
1: so this this was a quick i sent you this over this was just a quick uh was kind of run into, run down in layman's terms on my my end mm. that uh a write up from Cointelegraph. so i would just write you cuz because it's literally very good explanation. I will just explain this to the crowd, and okay. I think I think the first paragraph is is probably a good sufficient. intro. Okay,
0: but let's do this. So, what we're talking about here is uh, what is tokenization of real estate right, right. cuz that's that's really what we want to talk about today at its core right so i can yeah, start
1: yeah. i'll will yeah. start start off with this 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 is their definition of sure. tokenized real estate because it is it is really i hunted around quite a bit for blamen's terms in this and mm-hmm. i think it's pretty good sure. so what is the tokenization tokenization of real estate the tokenization of real estate refers to the process of fragmenting an asset into digital tokens that represent the underlying property with all its rights and obligations Smart contracts are used to define contractual specifics. An example, rent, rent-to-own, lease term. Yep. The algorithm encoded in the digital contract activates the events stated in the code if a predefined contract condition is satisfied. An example, you rent a house off Airbnb. The house, the keys get handed over to you on Friday at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's, in the, that's in the smart contract
0: okay so people also not to if people want to go backwards again look for there was an episode with eric sanford where we talked a lot about smart contracts because mm-hmm. we were talking about how smart contracts could be used in the construction industry huge so people can go back so
1: you're seeing right now you're seeing a lot of buy now pay later that is basically in, in my eyes the savior to the gc world contracting world mm-hmm. is buy now pay later
0: do me a favor i'll have to let this out but remember this mic is directional so when you are talking like this oh yeah not picking it up all right so if you got to tweak it a little whatever that's fine but yeah because even when you were reading it was like this so you weren't talking into it oh no problem okay so let me try to further dummy down what you just said Mm -hmm. so you take a piece of property Take a piece of property Fractionalized just means cut it up. Think like a pie. You can cut that thing into...
1: Yeah, it's basically the way... I mean, it's no real different than a REIT works. It digitizes in a REIT, so to speak.
0: Yep. So I take that property. It's a pie. I could cut it it into four pieces. I could cut it into 4,000 pieces. Right. The smaller the pie, the less it's worth. But what it means is if I want to invest in a high-rise in
1: Manhattan... Mm Mm-hmm. That's, Which I have a good point for that. Okay. Keep going with that. Yeah,
0: that's not available to me as Joe Kelly sitting in my house. Correct. Right? Right. I don't have a large dollar sum like that. I could get it right, in a REIT. Correct. But that would be such a small... It's one of Even 5, traditional accredited investor you need. ...that are in there. Yeah. Right. So I don't have the cash to go in and be a big player as an accredited investor... In a REIT, it would be such a small portion of my investment. Mm -hmm. And I also don't have access to the people that would let me into a deal, for air quotes for people listening, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't have the access, I don't have the opportunity, and I don't have the large sum of cash. It's one of those things that would hold me up. But if you take that, you know, name some iconic property that I want to own part of, I could then. What's a big something in Hudson Yards? Let's say. Let's say there's some building in Hudson Yards that I love. Mm-hmm. If it gets fractionalized and digitized, I could then say, "Hey, I want ten thousand dollars worth of, you know, one hundred Hudson Yards
1: or yeah. whatever that is." Yeah, within a flick of a switch, sure. And then I could own it. Is that all there is to it, at like a simple sense? Simple sense, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could also sell it just as you saw that there was a hurricane coming too. <laughs> well, that's what people don't realize. It's like you buy the rumor and sell the news. The news yeah. says there's a fucking hurricane on its way. You, you're yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's kind of where things get a little disrupted. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Like, I didn't. Want so to... risk mitigation is there too,
0: Joe. It's funny. Like that is the. <laughs> that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, but we got there way too fast. That's what we we're going to close with. But I felt that way going uh, there. So let's go there. I felt that way about. Single-family housing. Okay. Right? So when you were first mentioning this, and I was looking into some other stuff, I sent you an article, that, and we'll get to that later, too. I said, okay, that is great, but historically, single-family homes have been relatively stable. Mm -hmm. They're relatively illiquid.
1: Right. Right? That is the problem. Like I said before, we're in a liquidity crisis, period.
0: Well, it's the problem... And it's a blessing because if, if I'm looking at something and say, Oh, the interest rates are going up, like I'm not gonna on Thursday see that and on Friday say, Oh, hey, you know, Karen, let's uh let's just let's sell our house tomorrow. <laughs> what? What are you talking like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's no- I mean it, you don't have yeah, the ability.
1: It's, it's super disruptive right? because the, the what they're trying to figure out now is okay, what do you do with the ten thirty one exchange? Mm.
0: But where I was also going with it is right now, you're like, oh, I don't like, I just saw some news about lawsuits for plastic. I'm going to sell 3M and Dow because I don't want to own anything. Right, yeah. And I just dump it up news. And the market (laughs) goes tumbling down. Yeah. That doesn't happen to single-family homes. People live in them. Right. So there you have that stability. But if you get the ability to trade a single-family home like you can 3M. Right. There's some danger in there. There's right. some, some So going time. back
1: to your high-rise, the way I look at it yeah. is like this. A, it's utility. B, what's the property worth? But C, how many pounds of steel is in that building? That's a good – that's not going to change. What's the price of steel? You could almost tie back. You could do like value investing, right? Right. Like yeah. basically like, well, it's got a million ton of, of P&S. Well, what's P&S worth? Like you could actually value things like I do equipment. hmm with steel, with the insulation, with by by guessing what all that stuff is worth. Yep. You know, it's no different than like you own a bread company and eggs are through the fucking roof. Well, I mean, but you invested with eggs all along because that's part of your business. So the eggs went up, but your profit margins stay the same because you already invested in eggs.
0: Yep. So you're making money
1: somewhere else, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like, huh. yeah. So like I. I and I think that's why you're probably seeing a lot of these acquisitions and mergers the way they are, right? I mean... Explain that. What do you mean? Well, all the acquisitions and mergers of... Like, I, I'll give you an instance where a buddy of mine called me last week, and he's like, well, how much do you think it's worth? And he's like, the weird part is, is when I called and asked for a price on this machine, four other dealers knew about it. And I was like, yeah, because they're all owned by the same fucking company. Yeah. Oh, so you... Okay. I just didn't know anything about mergers and acquisitions.
0: So you're saying in the equipment market, there's been a lot of oh, mergers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you seeing
1: that in real estate yet? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a ton of overreach with like just simple real websites like Zillow. Like, mm-hmm. Why is Zillow able to ping your your house? Because don't forget, you know what actually is kind of interesting is like Yellowstone, right? I don't watch movies. I don't, mm-hmm. Did you watch Yellowstone? Y- yes. Okay. <laughs> well, honestly, that's literally what is going on. They get to the end. Well, I don't know. I didn't watch the end. basically what happens is, is that... It, this big investors come in buy up all the real estate and drive the price of the real estate up so high that the duttons can no longer afford the taxes yeah and that's what i don't think people realize it's like okay if zillow says your health is worth x people think america like oh yeah fucking i got 300 grand equity well okay well when that thing gets reassessed can you afford the taxes on that and they're like oh oh i don't know about that i'm like well
0: and if you sell it where are you gonna go
1: Right, so right. now you're tied to too many different things, and now we have this big tech layoff. That's not going to stop. So now you have a bunch of... Don't forget, those guys have made all the money, really, in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, they've got some cash. Yeah, so now that's drying up, and then the blue-collar guys like myself, who were you know... Basically, I've been working in Boston since 2008, eight, nine. Hmm. I mean... My salary didn't really go up anymore, even being in a union with a union. It didn't, mm-hmm. what, 5%? What the hell is that? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now, this is, you know what this today is going to be like? What's that? It's going to be like, we're going to go fishing, and then that fish is going to go way out, <laughs> and I'm going to have to reel it back in, <laughs> and then it's going to go way out, and I'm going to have to reel it back but in. going back to like affordability. We don't need to complicate it any more than that. What's affordable?
0: Yeah. It depends
1: depends who talking because to? if you look a couple of the banks have already turned and said oh you do no longer need a w-2 to come in and get a mortgage just say oh just bring us the last two years of your payment schedule at your apartment okay okay because they honestly don't care where the money's coming from they just want to make sure that you made your payments on time yeah i get it
0: now back to the tokenization mm. so we
1: tokenize real estate what we
0: just described um an overarching point that can be made is this can be for any asset class. Correct. You could really have tokenization. So it could be equipment. It could be, Mm -hmm. um, what are some other ones where you could really
1: tokenize things? Um, anything, any, any products. Yeah. Any, any, any essential product. Okay. So content.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Artwork. (laughs) Well, I mean the artwork thing, you got to remember that was just like an entryway to people to get people's minds thinking like, what is the actual, you know, utility behind this? Yes. So I bought a digital racehorse, right, as a joke. Because yep. my grandfather, I grew up around racehorses at Rockingham Park with my grandfather. So mm-hmm. I bought this digital horse. I don't know what the fucking name of the thing is. That was like a joke, right, mm-hmm. to my uncle and my mother. And the other day, one of the, this guy that I know through social media posted a thing. He made $8,000 racing his digital racehorse in the same fucking place that I bought. Mine. Oh, that's funny. And like, I thought it was a joke at first until I logged in there. And it was like 45,000 people all over the world betting on digital racehorses. And I was like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No. Like, this is weird underground worlds for this shit. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. No, I I love
0: that. Just the fact that it's just the Wild West. So we tokenize real estate. I own a piece of that building. What does that mean from... Um, it's liquidity. Well, I, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, that's the benefit, right? But, I mean, what does that mean for, like, what does the deed... The process? Yeah, so, like, there's a deed, someone still, that company still has their name on the deed, and then there's just a contract that says... Correct. I own a, sh- a share of yeah. that, and then... That's where you have smart contracts, right? Correct. And then it'll say, you know... And all I'm, this
1: gets recorded on the blockchain, so it's all verifiable.
0: Yep. So it'll say, I'm entitled to X percent of mm. profits that are calculated by X, Y, and Z. And then uh, if it gets sold, I get whatever percentage, right? There's just going to be some
1: terms like that. Just Well, you would just buy the token as it... as If you wanted to sell out, you just sell the token. Yep. Um, but... I think you'll see like stipulations that you can't sell it for 30 days or 60 mm-hmm. days or not I mean that's probably coming. It's all yeah, yeah I think that would probably so that the market doesn't get too come too day trading kind of like yeah I yeah. mean it's everything is kind of day trading now anyways mm. you know I see it in equipment my all of my assets are pinged that they update every 15 minutes to the algorithm and so, which is pretty dangerous because a lot of the guys that I deal with are at retirement age, and I'm like, they have no fucking idea that I have their whole retirement in my pocket. It's pinging every 15 minutes about what it's worth, like, say, say, in equipment. Say that again, I miss Cause it. Because they're assets, right? Yep. If I if I list their assets and I tie them to the algorithm, the algorithm changes every 15 minutes. Forgive me, because I looked down. Of for values. So what algorithm explain that so as things become listed not even on chain yet yeah. but listed so you list some
0: subcontractor's piece of equipment right and that price is fluctuating every as 15 it's going, minutes and you are therefore saying that that's this person's livelihood and right. it's bouncing up and down right in price yeah and they have no idea about it
1: no well okay. my job is to basically maximize that price for them Right. Yeah. I find the value and I market it as best I possibly can with all the wear items and any extras and, and find the end user. It's p try to be P2P, peer-to-peer. Yeah. Peer.
0: yeah. I mean, I like that. I mean, do, are there other people in the market that, that do that?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a I mean, $300 la- billion dollar industry. No, yeah. but
0: I meant layer in the marketing.
1: They try to. I mean... Most of the companies are so big and lethargic that like when I buy off of them just for UX user experience, mm-hmm. it's like this guy emails that guy, this guy. It's like, oh, that's not my department. Nothing gets done. Yeah, not, And I, and it all comes out of the, the guy, your the buyer's pocket. Yeah, it's yep, It's horrible. So yeah, I try to fill that gap. You know what I mean? Like if, if somebody needs that machine, I make sure it's taken apart. I make sure it's shipped. I make sure it's, and that, so where this relates back to real estate, the change for for real estate agents is coming too.
0: Yeah, I right. To so I'm trying
1: that. to relay this back, but the digital marketing and okay, where do I find the value in in this piece of real estate? You know, is it located to the hot like to the hospital? Like that's all the re- they're trying to drive value. Yep, that's that's not so much of a. It's just you are a digital marketer because paying somebody five percent or whatever they get for for. A real estate transaction, once it gets on chain, is kind of ridiculous. They they are more or less an asset management firm within themselves. Yeah. So
0: I think what the real estate broker ends up, and we're fast-forwarding here, but ends up...
1: In the Web3 world.
0: Yep. Ends up mattering if in the traditional sale sense. So if that whole property gets sold, mm-hmm. the broker still might have some say in that, but the... Uh, buying and selling of the tokenized shares, they're out. They'd never be there, right? I, I lost you. So the real estate broker, a house right now, I want to sell mm-hmm. my house. I've listed with the broker. The broker gets in the middle. The broker for the buyer gets in the middle, mm-hmm. and they take their cut. When the full house gets sold, that broker is probably still going to be there. Maybe is less.
1: Right. They're going to facilitate the exchange, no doubt. That but, would be there.
0: But the tokenized... Shares. If I then took my house, tokenized it, and sold off all the shares, there's no broker.
1: Right. I mean, there so then, needs to be, be like a Charles Schwab kind of like. Yeah, there are different broker. companies that are bringing those assets on chain. But it's not that the
0: traditional way. guy or girl from Caldwell Banker or something like that. No,
1: most thing. of them don't even understand. Most of the banks don't even. I've asked my bank, they don't have a clue. Yeah. It's just pretty scary, but. I mean it goes back to the fed's overreach mm. for a central bank digital currency that they don't really need these intermediary banks. Why is i mean on the way here, I passed the chase. What the fuck is a credit card company putting up a brick and mortar? Well <laughs> if you think about it,
0: yep, right. They, they must see a way to make money in there somehow right yeah um to to pull us back again, why would a developer i just built this building or i just purchased a building why would i want to
1: tokenize it uh because you probably can't sell it if you have no buyers so instead of taking the cat the debt cash discount and liquid you know just liquefying the asset if you tokenize it then basically you can just liquefy the same asset without actually selling it yep that's probably where we're in right now because of interest rates
0: yeah or i th- like a
1: ca- cash flow you know what I mean if you can if just you can keep leapfrogging with the cash flow if you tokenized it okay and ran it like an investment firm then basically if you need to finish you know the pool house then you can finish the pool house and then you drive more value back and you're you're okay but I was just about to say like that cash problem is obviously because my phone's been ringing off the hook that guys just want to liquidate and there there's no work and now the interest rate they're they're getting shaky
0: mm-hmm in the equipment market,
1: right? Yeah, which is correlated right back to the real estate market because I know if that stuff isn't moving, then nothing's getting built.
0: Yes. Yep. No, you're. It's a good barometer, right?
1: Right.
0: Uh, I'm going to make a note to talk to you about that. Uh... Sorry to stop there, but I think it's I'm sorry. that's an that's an important thing I want to talk about after. Okay, I think about it from the perspective, okay, I've invested all this money into a piece of property, you know, 40-unit building, or mm-hmm. whatever, doesn't matter. Um, I then want to invest in another deal right. coming up. Mm-hmm. I have all my money tied up in this building. Right. I fractionalize it, sell off 40% of the building, right? get cash, mm-hmm. manage that as... An investment, so I'm probably making money off that forty percent I sold off anyway, in some way, shape, or form, whether Mm -hmm. it's a fee or whatever that is. Still own sixty percent of the building, got but got forty percent of the value, and now I can take that forty percent and go invest it, the next deal. And that's that's why some would fractionalize. Yeah, I'm actually
1: seeing it in a few businesses where people are going ESOP instead of paying all the benefits out, they're keeping the cash internally and getting a share of the business. Digitized, though.
0: Because there's ESOPs right now, and they're just... Right, but digitize. I'm just
1: saying, like, in comparison of different markets, like, that's... I've seen some companies get to the point where the CEO is basically, you know, everyone feels like touch and go as a career. So instead, they're saying, okay, well, then we'll just... Instead of us retiring... Okay, and then selling off the business, it's really not worth selling off. So, what's incentivized? And that's attracting talent. Mm. So, I'm that's seeing construction idea. companies actually say, Okay, like, let's just
0: tokenize this
1: company. What? Yeah, basically become an ESOP, but that's kind of essentially what it is, is that they're just keeping the cash internally.
0: You have to digitize ESOP, right? Right, basically. Or
1: tokenized. Yeah, yeah the same. Mm-hmm. So then you become like, Hey, I want to buy. You know, if if a company does that, then you could say, "Hey, I'll buy a hundred shares in in that company." They just got a huge contract. Contact.
0: But if you wanted to give it to your employees, the mm-hmm. company is valued, just for simple terms, it's valued at hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And you minted, if that's the right word, a hundred tokens. Mm-hmm. You could give each employee, if you had. 20 employees, give them each a token. Yeah, well, you can even
1: fractionalize that just in a smart contract. Each token is worth $1,000, Yeah, yeah. right? Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But then how does the value... Oh, the value would go up is if people think that the company is worth more. Right. Because would part of that $1,000 would be you'd put in the contract of you would get... For that one share, you would get one one one-hundredth of the profit of the company at the end of the year. And then you can go ahead and sell... That share. either yeah, back If you to want the company when you to retire, or you, you could sell it to somebody else. Involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a good idea.
0: Mm. Maybe I'll tokenize
1: mass construction. Yeah, I, like I mean, th- here's the thing: it's it's liquidity.
0: Hang on. Is anybody out there listening that wants <laughs> to buy a share of mass construction? Reach out you
1: to me start me the project. And, uh, I have guys that'll do it.
0: Yeah, I like that. I'm half serious. Uh? I'm half serious.
1: I'm gonna get you a digital asset first.
0: Yeah, how do you got to do that?
1: We're working on that.
0: All right, give me that. Do, Maybe I, I want a resource. Shit that I <laughs> Yeah,
1: I'm hard to reel in, Joe. So
0: now, this is happening. Yeah. So right?
1: I mean, if you think like in the social complex, right? Like what's gone on in the last like five years? All of a sudden, day traders are cool. All of a sudden, buying fucking artwork for three million dollars was cool. Like they're trying to socially motivate people to start thinking like this
0: all right before that, because
1: that's how i think in and out
0: yep but you're okay you're going uber macro right now and you're yeah. going psychology and all that other stuff i don't want to go there yet you can go there later on but so this is happening and like i sent you an article that i read about this company arrived and what they do is they buy properties predominantly single family mm-hmm. some multifamily. And they physically buy the property, divide it up into shares, and I as an individual can go buy. I think it's a minimum of $500, mm-hmm. $500 or 20000 or whatever worth of whatever property. I can scroll through their catalog and say, oh, here's this house in Belmont. I'd like to mm-hmm. own property in Belmont, and I could buy $500 worth of that house in Belmont or in Topeka, Kansas. And... I could spread my money around and be like, "Hey, you know what? I think Texas is going to continue to be hot. I'm going to. I want to start owning that. Or if that was around, I wanted to buy in Tampa. Probably about.
1: It's still a good place to buy. Ten years ago, I don't think you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see Florida come down for the next seven, eight years. Yeah, I mean, I was
0: down there, and I was in this place, Ebor City. This is mm-hmm. the car capital of the United States. I was down there and it was such a cool city oh yeah and they had all these little shotgun houses Mm -hmm. that were really cool they used to be workforce housing for the people that worked in the cigar factories yeah and like this was after no so this has to be even longer ago because it was after 2008 Mm -hmm. and like they were selling the houses for like 40 grand and i was like this place is amazing i want to buy you know like 10 of these things right now i didn't have the cash it was like, well, it's, I'm in Florida. I can't, how am I going to manage this thing? I live in right. Boston. If arrived within, like, I 100% would have bought shares. Well, in, so here's in where that changes, that
1: too. These are all what the Fed's pushing is that it settles in a, U, a U.S. digital currency, right? So, yeah. Oh, as actually, CBDC gets introduced. What that does is it opens up overseas investors.
0: Okay. CBDC. CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. Correct. But before we go there, so that was, this is a company called Arrived, and they are just selling you shares. It's not digital, Mm -hmm. but it's basically
1: fractionalized, non-digitized shares. I mean, tokenizing just basically is transfer onto the blockchain. Yeah, so it's not you know,
0: okay. So right now it's happening with Arrive. So people are like, oh, you know, you guys are talking about that. That's probably never going to happen. It's happening. But I think you even found some stuff where it's happening digitally as well, right? As far as a company that is selling fractionized shares of real estate currently right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's happening right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. What are some, do you know some companies off the top of your head if people wanted to poke around? You were showing me beforehand. Yeah, it was Vector's like
1: phone. real, real tea. Or T or something. Like that. Yeah, there's a few different ones, um, but
0: yeah, go ahead find it. I can I can edit out the pause.
1: Yeah, it's realt. Co. Co.
0: Okay, so R E A L. Real. The letter T. Dot co. Correct. And that's the company. It seemed like they were doing something similar to Arrived, but tokenized. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this is happening. Oh, it's happening.
0: Okay. And now, what were you about to say about the um, central on the, bank tab- on the macro
1: it, scale? Doing this allows foreign investment, legitimately.
0: Yeah, and quickly, right? Quickly. Unless they pass some type of regulation that says
1: that- Well, the way the dollar is probably going to stay in dominance is that it's all going to get settled into a, a U.S. digital currency.
0: So, go ahead. Talk about that a little bit. What's your... What's,
1: what's the thought process there? Right
0: now, we have a digital currency like Bitcoin and...
1: I would say like 95% of them are going to disappear you know a lot of a lot of the the disruption that's gone on the last year or two has been done by basically the central bankers proving they what they do what they'll do is say that again you said over the past year ninety ninety percent of I would they'll go away ninety percent of the cryptos will go away
0: yeah and then you said about banks getting involved
1: specifically with it. in anything tied to being issued as a stable coin to the US dollar. That's what the Fed is, you know, they, they're they going to bully their way in and say, no, this is this is the one that's tied to the U.S. dollar.
0: So you think they're going to take, because they're not going to want to have a complete disruption and make everybody go under. No, right?
1: so that we essentially could be looking at a bank bail-in.
0: Okay. I don't want to go there yet, because that's a confusing concept. Right. I'm confused by it. You just mentioned to me before we started, so.
1: It's really not that confusing. Um, to me it is. Just give me all your money and I'll tell you where you can spend it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically.
0: But you think right now the uh, digital currency that is not tied to any government institution is
1: eventually going to get tied to
0: a government institution?
1: Yeah, because regulation will drive the price of it to 30, you know, up substantially.
0: But don't you think that the reason that people are investing in it, because it's not
1: Oh, yeah. People, government have, they think that this is all off-chain, that it can't be... That is not true. I can look up any transaction anywhere at any time. And that's the also beauty of using blockchain because you can look up, say, a deed or or a a contract on a piece of property at any time, anywhere, with with all the obligations on chain, sitting in Japan, but you want to buy a house in New York. Versus calling a real estate agent, asking them, okay, what's, you know, what's, no, you know the story.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So once it becomes uh, regulated, and obviously you're just speculating here, but you're pretty, I mean, I know you're confident about it, but so let's assume it gets regulated and becomes government-issued digital currency. Correct. That then brings the average layperson into the mix, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the thought process? And gets people less afraid of this unregulated industry and just makes it more and more commonplace
1: right i think a lot of the wealth is obviously held by the baby boomers right now so the transfer of wealth in my eyes is the adoption how
0: how does that transfer wealth
1: one older guy is going to try and sell off his assets and retire and get stuck with a million dollars in the bank And essentially if we had a bank bail-in then his million dollars becomes an investment product not cash.
0: All right, let's let's do it.
1: It's a little far-fetched, I know, but that's essentially what I I've already I already have an account that that works operates like that. You know, I was explaining to you that like, yeah, you could have $20 in in cash, okay? In mm-hmm. USD. And then you have you know X amount of Bitcoin, X amount of this, or, or ones that I think are going to stay, okay. And you made three hundred dollars on it last week. And before you walk into a restaurant, you flip three hundred dollars out of it into your account, and you're going to have to pay the taxes on that that margin.
0: Yeah. So it's an account. Uh, Therefore,
1: that... your your cash is then a store of value in investment product. So
0: it's a uh, product though that has basically like let's say in. In normal times, it had your bank, an IRA, you know, a small business you owned or whatever all on one account and you could pull from, you could sell off certain stuff just to move cash into your account and then you just have like this flexible.
1: Right. um, Yeah. No, it's definitely, I mean, it's no different than the way we're traditionally doing it. It's just on another level of speed. You know what I mean? You can move money a lot faster. You can, And that's the utility behind it.
0: Mm. So you could almost, om- I guess, I just want to use examples so people could understand. So mm-hmm. I have an account that has a savings account, a checking account tied to it. It has uh, fractionized, it has tokenized shares of different products. It has Bitcoin. It has some other digital products. Yeah, you currency. can even have
1: a, a tokenized like gold, palladium. Yep. Even commodities markets, it does, you can even do it with traditional just shares.
0: Okay, so I own copper, it, yeah. it, and I own a hundred fractionalized shares of it. And copper had a great week last week. I sell off one of those shares, move that cash into my instantly move that cash into my cash account. Mm-hmm. I go in and then use my debit card out of the account
1: to pay correct for dinner. And some of these digital tokens you can collateralize and you can stake them which is basically you just put them in like a CD, layman's terms, but and and earn percentage off of them. And you can borrow against them. So there's a lot of utility behind digital currencies.
0: Yeah. The biggest being liquidity and speed, right?
1: Right. And options. Because, I mean, think about it, how a typical... Think of it as just a general contractor, right? Like the one thing I could never stand about being doing dirt work with my family was like, you put all this pipe in the ground, you paid for all the stone, the hot top, this, and then you sit there and be like, "Okay, now we hope we get paid." Yeah, can I get paid? Because the contract is fuck all. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, did I ever explain yeah. to you how my grand, my uncle sat me down and said, here, you want an education? I'll give you one."
0: Go for it. I want to
1: hear it. He literally took a set of plans and a contract. He said, "Here's a stack of markers. Mark out all the utilities. Each one different color." He said, and then the contract, he goes, you want, to know? I said, you want me to read that whole thing? He goes, no, I'll do it for you. He literally went like this, fuck you, fuck you, and he flipped through the whole thing and he goes, sign here. And I just looked at him and I was like, I don't, he goes, none of that is for you. Your job is to figure out the game that they're playing before they do and be better at it. And I was like, he's like a GC's, a GC's. The way a GC gets paid is the way to find a way to fuck you out of your money. That's how I was brought up. And I see it day in and day out because it's a rush to the bottom. I see guys just underbid, underbid, and it's a fight. And now I've actually heard from a few people that municipalities are dragging their feet on paying the the contractors. It's interesting. Have you? That's why I hate the business. It's not the work. The work's the easy part. Fucking dig a hole, fill it in, build a wall, whatever you want to do. Just getting paid. That was always the biggest problem.
0: You know what's wild is you familiar with the Prompt Pay Act? No. So it's a law that was passed in Massachusetts that you have to pay within a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and um, it recently there was a court case that went to mm-hmm. went to trial because the owner wasn't paying the general contractor. Yeah, right. And they said, "Oh, well, you had all these wrecks in, and there was some merit to why the owner wasn't paying." Right. Um, but the law says you have to respond within an X amount of times, right? You have to say why, what you're disputing. Yeah.
1: And then whatever you're not disputing, you have to pay. Right. right? I mean, it's just a bad faith contract. Really? Did you, did you sign that? I, and that used to happen too. I've seen that happen a couple of times, even on, uh, some water treatment plants that I did back in the day with my cousin, this guy would go in there and underbid the shit out of it. And I'm like, he forgot the hot top on one job. It was like 300 grand. And the GC said, yeah, I'm going to, the guy's going to go out of business, I'll own his house, and then the bonding company will pay to finish it. Fuck him. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. Yeah. So well, Who he, the fuck wants to be in that business? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah.
0: So where where I'm going with this, though, is, so uh, the, I'll fast forward. That goes to court. The judge looks at it and says, I want to pay them everything. Yeah. And, and he says, you very well have some merit here about stuff that you shouldn't have to pay. But by the law, you have to pay in these, unless you follow these rules, mm-hmm. you owe everything. And when the Prompt Pay Act was passed, they didn't know how it was going to be enforced because they said what the rules were, but they didn't lay out it. Was it a penalty for not paying? It was it whatever?
1: No, it's just right? so.
0: Now, here's the thing that's all well and good. And you'll win that one right. case. Yeah. Because the same thing applies sub to general, general to owner, sub, sub to sub, right? But if you ever want to do business with that general contractor again, are you really going to sue them over the payment? Right? You have this Prompt Pay Act and it's fine for a one time thing, mm-hmm. but the law doesn't really help anybody when it comes to like the reality of getting paid in a timely manner. Yeah. Right. You're still yeah. gonna be out there because if you use that law, you're you know, you're you're never doing business with that company again.
1: Right. And right. I I've s i have mean, we've both seen multiple companies come to Boston and pull that shit. And leave. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. But I want to I want to keep going on real estate a little bit here. So
0: I, I think there's a clear value for the individual investor about why they would want to uh, right have shares. Where do you think? How do you think this impacts a broker? And some of this might be, hey, it doesn't impact them at all. They're going to do their thing, and this is just a completely different world. How's it going to affect a broker? How is it going to affect property owner, developer, and then more interestingly, how is it gonna affect the
1: people that are financing these jobs? The broker, in my eyes, needs to turn into an investor, right? Because you, now you get to the point like, like I'll just give you something I would do on a daily basis and we can just pretend it's real estate. The guy comes to me and says, listen, I have this machine, Uh, I don't need it for the next job. I ask him, okay, well, what do you need? Well, I need, you know, this. And, okay, so now I know where that machine is. And I say, well, how long do you need it for? Because as mind-blowing as this is, these guys won't figure this out. And I just had this happen where the guy bought the machine for something he should have never bought the damn thing for. And I'm like, that that machine does not belong in the Northeast. You should have just rented it or hired out, even if it was a little over the till okay, and now you're sitting on this asset, and I have to get it out of this territory, which is like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in freight just to move it, just to move it. and I'm like, that was not a smart business move. So now the guy's coming to me instead of going to basically his own his own employees, and he's like, well, what should I do? And I'm like, well, what do you need for the next job? And he's like, well, I might need this. So then I could, okay, I call a dealer that I know has that, that I can do a deal with and say, hey, can I trade this thing? Because this thing belongs in your territory and I need that. That machine isn't worth as much to you up here as it is to me. So let's figure something out. And it's more or less like take a step back. Okay, you're just like an investment advisor at that point. Because all you do is asset management, managing hmm. assets. Same thing, plug the machine in and it had like 13,000 hours on it. The fucking thing had 9,300 idle hours on it. Like, what What? What, what was going on with this thing? I got in and I started operating it. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that this machine, like, something is off. Mm. So I got the computer, logged in, and sure and shit. It had no at 4,000 hours of runtime on it. So then I go back to the guy and say, I really don't want you to sell this thing. Because there's still another 10,000 hours of wear items in the run this thing. Why are you trying to sell it to replace it with, I'll find a job for it. So it's not just like a one-time like just make a sale thing to me. It's like more like, okay, like it's the most is my problem. What can we do with it? Yeah, right? So and I think a broker in real estate needs to do the same thing. You know what I mean? They need to work on their network and digital marketing and say, "Hey, listen, I have a family that will move in here and they'll take this house and that house and then got to be way more, more creative, creative, definitely to, to justify your, your, your job.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So you could almost, as a broker, someone shows up and says, "Hey, I want to sell my house," and you could say, "Hey, well, there's this uh, company that will digitize Where are you going? this. And- why are
1: you selling it? Yeah. Oh, I need to move to Florida for a one one year contract. Well, then why don't we just we just throw on the blockchain or sell it to a REIT or don't sell it and then you hold fifty percent of the shares and or whatever and liquid. You know, how much money do you need for the house? Do you want to buy the house in Florida? No, I don't want to buy the house in Florida because it's fucking way overvalued. Okay. <laughs> Well, then let's just get some cash out of your house and basically pay for that, and you're going to get paid out of there anyways, and then take that money and you can buy your house back, buy the shares back, yeah. leave it tokenized. Doesn't really cost you anything, because if you're going to be down there for a year, then they're going to subsidize your, your income with the, with the living expense anyways, yeah. and you don't really want to sell it because your family's back here. Then why throw the money out and rent when you can just take your capital and move it, down there
0: okay all right i like that so So there's
1: there's some yeah and that's just the ability to just when people see those abilities they're like oh shit this thing's kind of endless like what else can i do with it and then that's when you're seeing so here's a better one now they offer buy now pay later right say you fuck it you're gonna rent it now they offer buy now pay later right Mm -hmm. so you buy now pay later on a credit card right on Uh, the on on the rental okay so so now you're paying fucking whatever. Say you say it's doing six months with zero percent interest, like PayPal or something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you take the six months worth of rent that you're not paying, invest it elsewhere,
0: make the income on that,
1: and then pay the rest of the six months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think society as a whole is sick of the handcuffed. You know what I mean? Like maybe it pays the taxes on the house up. Maybe you rent that out and it pays the taxes on that. You see. You can subsidize everything if you keep just moving it. Yeah.
0: No, I mean I know people that play that game, or at least they. use... I know. And of like, course, there's
1: ta- they, it's going to cause tax events, but
0: yeah. I but mean, I know people that used to play the game with like, um, you know, taking out equity lines or um, taking out like, you know, how sometimes credit cards will yeah. say, hey, you can borrow up to you, you know, you can borrow thirty grand, zero percent interest for six months or whatever. Yeah. They would like take that thirty grand buy a CD even with it. But, may, yeah, I may, mean, it's, the same, interest thing, on it's the, same, the same
1: It's the same. It's that off, But you're talking right? like can make decisions instant. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. So broker, you see them needing to be more creative and find value for their customer, right? Yeah, be you, have to, you have to and,
1: understand that. Whatever that market is, you better you better know it inside and out. I can tell you that. You better stay on top of it. and You better understand things. One thing that I can say about my market is that I'm a little bit edgy about con expo this year because i know that the the tech that they're going to dump in the market is going to affect the asset pricing that we have currently in stock now are you going to buy an older machine with no tech or you're going to buy this new machine with all the tech and only need one guy versus the three because now you can buy it as a package mm. so i'll give you an instance they're going to remote controlled operation so that's an interesting i concept or idea that you're or
0: with the fact that equipment, somebody's going to go to Con Expo, see all this new technology, see remote control equipment, and mm. your thought process is that they're going to see that and go, "Oh shit, my equipment's going to be worthless," and
1: I'll just give going you. To a want to start dumping there? Prime thing. example, asbestos. Right, I used to have an asbestos supervisor's license. Mm-hmm. Joke. Anyways. Get suited up, go in the thing, get your lungs checked. No, we're not doing that anymore. You use a remote-controlled excavator with all the tools, and you run it from a Connex box, okay? Risk mitigation. How do you replace that? You cannot. To take somebody out of the seat, out of a hot zone like that, the risk mitigation is like, what is it, machine catches on fire? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's the type of tech that needs to start really impacting bottom lines. You need to mitigate the risk.
0: Think of the tragedy that happened over by City Hall this year. So, people that might not know, there was an operator in a machine doing demo, and I don't know what it was, whether it wasn't supported properly from down below, but either way, he was sitting in the machine. Mm. The floor, I think, let go mm-hmm. and pancaked. The guy who fell to his death. Perfect example, right? Would yeah, I mean, like you can use somebody... the remote.
1: You can use a remote machine for that. That's what I mean, right? Yeah, like, and, then, and then you come in and say, "Okay, like, what's the risk?" Well, the risk is sixty thousand dollar machine. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like,
0: all right. What's the benefit? Yeah, we save somebody's life. Yeah,
1: right. You know what I mean? And then it becomes a okay, like we'll just you know, we can fix the machine if something falls on it, or you know, the risk mitigation is so endless that it's just. Okay. I mean, I used to do asbestos jobs. I cannot stand being around that stuff. I don't want anything to do with it. It's a nightmare from the paperwork to the health thing to the, you know, I know a few people who have died from it, my grandfather being one of them, on my, my dad, father's side.
0: It's funny, but my dad was an insulator growing up. Yeah. And he was considered an asbestos worker because that's what they were at the time. Right. And, uh, I don't even know if I, I think I, uh, I used to have the sticker. I don't know if it still has it. Uh, no, just yeah, heat and frost insulators and asbestos workers. Right, yeah.
1: I mean when I was a kid I remember like my grandfather would go in and cut an asbestos pipe, you know what I mean? Like it was it's just a mineral, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Yeah, a lot of my dad's friends died of aspo- asbestosis and yeah, like I mean yeah. people don't understand that the word abatement means to reduce the amount of not completely <laughs> get rid of it. and that's what people you know what I mean? The only solution for pollution is dissolution. It's the old demo saying it's yep. not Yep.
0: Yeah, so but so risk mitigation is why people want, but what do you think that does to the equipment market when people see that?
1: Oh, it's going to shake it up. It's going to shake it up. Because where this we're in such a labor, you know, crunch right now that once this tech gets released, it's going to appeal to the younger generation. So if you like so John Deere just released a 145 completely electric at the CES show. That's consumer electronics. It's all electronic now. So now you're actually grasping a bigger group of of the younger generation into a you know an industry that before they the hell I want anything to do with that for now it's like oh well you know now you can be data a scientist now you can be you know electronic engineer it's not so much just one
0: we'll note what you said consumer electronics show yeah that is meant for person on the street. To go, this isn't like a corporate thing where this company's coming to purchase stuff. Consumer electronics is about what can an average person be buying, whether it's a, yeah. a the new phone or a new computer or new gaming system or headgear mm-hmm. or car. Like a, like a lot of the car companies mm-hmm. go to consumer electronics show because they're going to sell their car to individual people so that's like a b2c it's not a business to business show right it's a business to consumer show right so the fact that john deere is targeting me or you or whoever not you because you're in the business but like right me as a consumer to like hey you could buy this right and you could put yourself on and you know uh, rent out your equipment
1: or rent sell out your time. sell your old equipment invest with john deere and rent the new one and it won't cost you anything <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything yeah And that's going back Um, to our last conversation,
0: right? Um, Let's close the loop on real estate, though. So I really liked what you said about what it means for a broker. I think we kind of understand what it means for a developer or building owner. We talked about that, like liquidity, access to cash, all that kind of stuff.
1: Do you want their definition? It's a pretty good definition, too, as well. Better liquidity from this. Sure, sure. Yeah, this, this might just wrap. So... In the traditional system, selling a piece of real estate is always a pain. Before the emergence of digital real estate ownership, the liquidity problem plagued real estate and caused a heartburn to investors. Many investors were simply not ready to dabble in the affairs of real estate because of problems related to the lack of liquidity. This position we're in today. Mm -hmm. To enhance the value of any asset, its lack of liquidity... Has to be overcome, and tokenization has provided the solution when a real estate when a piece of real estate is fractionalized during tokenization, its liquidity improves rather than selling the whole property at a single go. the owners of tokenized pieces can sell their tokens quickly, leading to a swift change of ownership yeah. simple yeah so yeah, I think.
0: People listening could kind of see the value for the individual investor. They could see the value for the property owner. You laid out nicely the uh, what it would mean for a broker. What do you think
1: it means for people financing these things, though? So in the world of fintech... Like I said, the banks have, in the last year, all of a sudden switched to, I know Bank of America had a few programs where it was bring in the last two years of your receipts of payment or your payment history of your apartment and we'll give you a mortgage based on that. Because a lot of the people, especially in the city, are working gigs, right? Like some of them them were bartenders that are now Uber drivers, sometimes Uber driver. Money is coming from, Uber yeah, I mean, the money's yeah. coming from it. So at the end of the day, the bank doesn't give a shit about where the money's coming from, so to speak, as long as it's legitimate. Yep. They just want to make sure that you're making enough money. So where that money comes from is really kind of because now we're seeing, you know, especially I have some friends out in, in California mm. that are getting laid off. And they're like, fuck, I thought I had a career here. And now they're like, should I go back to gigs? Should I go back to freelance? Like one of the guys came, I hooked up with was like... You honestly my biggest problem is like I take pictures of everything like I have pictures of fucking equipment from all over the world like yeah it's sitting in a, in my phone or on a desk what what good is it right mm. so I need somebody that's going to be a content manager right so yeah. that kid needs to take the content and put it into context so that it can be Dispersed, And that's what he does. So I was like, I think you need to rethink things into this career that you had at one company, which was one stream for you. Mm-hmm. And instead target the whole industry as a content manager, because guys like me have a problem where they take all these pictures and don't apply it into the digital way of things.
0: Yeah. So you think of me, this is interesting. So historically you had a W2 employee say, let me see your W2s. Let me see how much you made for the past five years. If you weren't a W-2, you were a business owner, mm-hmm. and they'd say, let me see your p for your business so I know what right. you're making, and that's how I decide whether you're, you can afford to pay back the note. Mm-hmm. But now what you're saying is you have a person who is Uber driver. So that t- would be central finance. Hang on, though. Now you have a person that's... Uber driver, uh, bartender, I just have a spread shop on now selling mass construction merch. So I'm getting revenue right. from there and I do five around the side and I have all these sources. I can't do a P&L, right? right? I say I'm not a business owner, but I can't do a P&L, right. but I could say, hey, I've been paying all of my mortgage, my uh, rent every month and I meet it. But even though I'm cobbling together by selling hoodies... Working on Fiverr and Uber and go.
1: That's DeFi. So when De- a company... De- Decentralized finance. Correct. That's when basically a company can turn around and say, okay, well, we'll do our in-house assessment, right? In-house finance, mm-hmm. this apartment or what have you. Based on their stipulations versus centralized finance where it just goes by credit and different other other avenues of, of proof of funds and whatnot. C5D5.
0: Okay. So, you're when, I, when I'm talking about finance, the people that finance these investments, I wasn't even thinking of that. So, bank, that means one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you're talking about DeFi. They're going to have to start looking at things differently. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to. Yep. But then. That's just like I know a kid that's making $130,000 flipping sneakers. Yep. <laughs> what do you do? Put a fucking thing together? I'm a professional. Sneaker flipper? Yeah. No, I own the kid owns TK Trading or whatever, and, and this is how much money he makes. Okay. Well, we don't really know that market. I don't really know how to do. It. So, just give me his two years of proof of paying two grand a month at some apartment. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. it's basically like where switching I'm, gears on credit.
0: Where I wonder though is um, some like, if I'm using the wrong terms, forgive me. This is my world, but like you hear these things you say there is like hard money lenders so there's like traditional financing and then there's other people that you go to and they might charge more interest but they give you dollars to invest in that property
1: right, right?
0: does this cut them out because you tokenize and you basically are crowdfunding versus yeah no
1: it's definitely definitely things, I would be worried things, about things are then, definitely right? cutting out like the middleman yeah, you know, like just just the other day, I was like, oh, I'm, I think I had, uh, I was like a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, i was sticking in this account, right? So I went to to the bank, and the la- I went up to the teller. I just gave her the deposit slip, right? And uh, the lady says, oh, do you know you can do this through the ATM? And I said, well, I just figured I'd make sure you still have a job. And she looked at me, and I was like, you do realize, like, I just, you're not gonna, if that's your answer, like, yeah. then. How are you justifying your yourself even being here?
0: It's a great question. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? I was like, this works too. She thought she was being smart by saying, Hey, you know, you are a young guy, you should be using tech. And I was, was turning the story around basically, like, well, if you're that smart, then you realize then your job is useless. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah. That these these intermediaries are are yeah.
0: at risk. Right. Hmm. And I give you uh and this you're gonna be blind to all this, so I like it. Um I wanna ask you a few questions outside of real estate, but just around digital and um tokenization kind of things. And mm-hmm. I'm curious for you to just give like your off-the-cuff responses. So and they don't have to be long answers, but we'll see what we get. Well, let's rock and roll. This is a this is a new thing I'm trying out, a mixed bag, catching people off the not learning so, curve, yeah. Let's see. Yep. So what's your take on FTX and like some of the more recent bad news we've been seeing with coins going under, some people saying fraud, some people just saying poor business practice. It's really a
1: mix of all of them. From the underground world, all these transactions are basically you can you can scan all of them on the blockchain. So to say that the big banks aren't behind part of this and some big money, they're just basically proving the disruption that none of these Digital assets, tokens, what have you, are pegged actually to the U.S. dollar because they all basically have one fundamental reason behind them to basically debase the U.S. dollar away from the way it's being used throughout the world. Period. Period. Okay.
0: Help people out. Um if anybody listens or kind of, not necessarily follows, but even just like reads headlines or listens to podcasts that might bring up this kind of stuff, you there's been the discomfort with people seeing like, you know, what they deem shit coins or whatever. This isn't right. my world, but that, yeah. that go under and people that are doing outright fraud and you hear that people are moving their Bitcoin or the digital currency to cold storage. What is cold
1: storage? You're basically just pulling your keys off, off chain. So when it's left on Okay, exchange, so
0: if, if I was going to say, if your explanation you know, is key, taking the keys off chain, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, it's yeah, basically
1: the encryption key off of, off of the ledger, off of the exchange. Okay. So the because right now, if you left it on the exchange and basically you just have numbers on the screen. Okay. So
0: the encryption key is the identifier that you own it. And that's correct. But, and isn't that on the blockchain? Transaction, correct. So how do you take that off? Because you're saying it takes it off chain?
1: Yeah. You basically use, like, a say, a ledger and just put it on. The, that encryption key goes taken off and implement it with a, with a seed phrase. So to access that, you need a seed phrase. There's it's a like whole a other code of a password of a code to get into the key to get...
0: So would a analogy be, it would be like taking the money out of the bank, putting it under your mattress, just in case the bank goes under, you still have your money? Yeah. In the
1: digital world. Right. Got it. Here's a here's kicker. People think, right... Like there, there was a there's one coin that I don't mention because whatever, I don't want to mislead anybody. But there's one coin that was supposed to be like the secret where no one could tell who owned it or where it was was like an underground coin. And what happened was people started to get the illusion that crypto was was oh to hide money from the big banks. And it's like no, that it's all on the blockchain. Like you can see any transaction at any time anywhere in the world. It's, you can't hide anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where people were getting oh, you know they were getting this confusion that it was that it was to debase the, the government or control of the dollar and, and, you know, the Fed and, and whatnot. And it's like, well okay, well if that's the case, if you decentralize something so much that we're, you're the only one that can use it, what the fuck is the real value of it? Mm. Yep. If I had all the money and you had no money and I, I was like, Oh, I want you to You know, you need to go buy something over there. Like It it loses the value because now I'm not letting you use it to buy that asset. Hmm. So it's kind of the opposite of what people think. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've decentralized something so much that just... It
0: becomes useless. Right. What are your thoughts on regulation in government-backed digital currency? It's a disaster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It, I mean, so going the, the, back the, to the
0: the smile and the uncomfortable look on his face means that this should be good. So go on.
1: Yeah, just going back to Yellowstone, right? Mm-hmm. What we story goes through, and I think the end result is that there it's just a movie on the whole, basically undermining of American society of if you own the land, right, and then investors did, which would be BlackRock prop the values of the property up so much that the average person family afford. of the ranch couldn't own the property because of the property taxes then yeah it just goes back to prove that you don't ever own anything you don't really ever so that now like okay we can relate this back to even just equipment at what point does that piece of equipment now become a liability more than an asset?
0: When it's costing you more than
1: you're bringing, right, in. and that's like through safety, through risk mitigation, through tech. Like I look at some pieces now, I'm like, yeah, that thing's great, but it's a liability on most job sites. It's not an asset. You know what I mean? Those assets need to flush out. And owning real estate is great, but at to what a point is it? I you know I think a, some of it becomes a liability. So the risk mitigation and tokenization is is spread out as well. Mm. Yes. Yep. I can you, see that. You know what I mean. Yep. So the risk the risk of 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 fluctuation in pricing the risk is 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 mitigated throughout shareholders, just as any other big company. Yep. So the risk mitigation involved is in the I liquidity.
0: I would be curious to look at how the contract is structured with respect to liability. So let's say someone yeah. falls and gets injured and sues, mm-hmm. right? And they win for more than the value of the property. Would you sell the property, you lose all the money, but then there's still more owed. Would a shareholder of that token now be? It's
1: a good question. I mean, they're going to see this stuff in regulation. Boston's one of the best places in the world that's, that's taking hold of these and trying to figure these questions out there's, just intellectually yeah, yeah. i mean there, there's a lot of questions and and that that is why you know a lot of people don't want to touch the space is because there's un, unanswered questions hmm. you know obviously i think it would be in the smart contract that it's owned by some llc and you're a shareholder of that llc but is that risk mitigated and dispersed throughout the shareholders you know i, yeah. I think that would be obviously well, that's
0: a good point right yeah yeah right like i think
1: the insurance would look at is going to look at it differently i think that um there there's going to be there's going to be some more, more moving parts to it mm. than just that but yeah, th- there is the whole there's a whole law firm in yeah. boston that is that is on top working of this. this working from cool. new york awesome. so all right it's and it's not a, it's coming whether you know whether like you it or agree not. or disagree but i think you, you i think with with the points that i've made with the liquidity and now you understand like you know the stress of owning the house and not being able to move or you now you kind of i hope this conversation has got your brain into thinking like okay like there are options you know what i mean because the yeah. one time one thing that no one can buy is time right so if you want to spend your time elsewhere now you kind of can because you have that liquidity in the market again you know what i mean you've created your own liquidity so there, there are options there there are you know you can use these tools to your advantage love it All right, Ryan, as always, it was great. I'm sure you'll be back. That's it. All right.
0: Thanks for coming.